0: Our first reading today comes from the book of Acts, the the second chapter. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we direct our attention to the word of our God as found in Acts chapter 2 as we hear that very result of that Pentecost day and the very early church as it continued to live and grow. The one Sunday morning, a mother found herself going into her son's room to wake him up and get him ready for church, to which she heard the response, I'm not going. She said, you're not going, why are you not going? And he said, I'll give you two reasons why I'm not going. I'm pretty sure they don't like me and I'm not sure how I feel about them. She said, I'll give you two reasons of why you're getting up and out of this bed and going to church. You are 59 years old, and you are the pastor of that congregation. (laughs) The community can be tough. Is that sometimes we know the difficulty that it is of sometimes living in the midst of all of the relationships, all of the connections, all of the history, all of the things, so that I sometimes joke with my wife when we go to things that are kind of those inner Lutheran realities, like the inner school track meet, or this last Friday was the Fine Arts Fest. I said, man, there's too many Lutherans around here. <laughs> so I know too many people, and I know too many things, and I know all of those realities that are. See, the fact is, community is one, that it takes commitment, dedication. It takes work to live in relationships and connections and in all of those different things that are there. Community can be hard, not just for those who are a part of the community, for often that there are those who are uncertain of what can I share and what can I not, what can I let people know is really going on in my life. But even for those from outside of the community that wonder and worry, that will they accept me? Will they welcome me? Will they be there for me? That how will this go? That we all have those strains and pulls and problems and issues And yet, when we turn to Acts chapter 2 today, I feel like we kind of read it and like, man, I wish I was part of that church. I mean, just things were good. Things were right. Things were all in their proper place and all in their proper order and all in their proper priority that they were devoted, it says. That they were devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers, that they devoted themselves there. See, we've just gotten out of the very Pentecost sermon, Peter proclaiming to all those in Jerusalem some of which who were there that had nailed Jesus to that tree as they cried out in that voice of the crowds, crucify him. But many others who had only heard about these things, but Peter proclaimed that this Jesus whom you crucified and God has risen from the dead, that this is that promised Messiah. Messiah. And many came to faith that day as they preached and proclaimed, and as 3,000 were baptized and welcomed in. And then we get these short few verses that describe the very summary, the general reality of how the church was. That they devoted themselves to these very disciples' teachings. The fact was, was the church wasn't just about converts. It wasn't just about growing big and growing many and growing numbers. It was that the church was also about growing disciples. That daily, they were gathering together, devoting themselves to the teaching and preaching and hearing of the word, studying and talking and working together is that not only that, it also says, is that they found themselves having that fellowship, being together, having in common, having that very reality that is there. They dedicated themselves to the breaking of the bread. Now, some of you are like, what does that look like? Like, you know, what is the breaking of the bread? Is that they celebrated the fact not just that they had kind of community meals with one another welcoming one another into one another's homes but more than that the early church began to celebrate not only meals with one another but that supper that last supper that jesus gave to do in remembrance of him that granting of forgiveness and grace a meal that was meant to bring them together connect them with one another Not just a me and Jesus kind of moment, but one of those times that says this is about us gathering before God and knowing that his forgiveness is not just for me, but it's for all of those others that I bump into and I hurt and they hurt me. And we now gather together here. They dedicated themselves to the prayer they found themselves still gathering in the temple, still gathering in their homes, still saying their Jewish prayers like they did, saying those very things that they had been taught, for Jesus had come as the fulfillment of all that they hoped for, of all that they wanted, of everything that was there. They devoted themselves. I mean, just think about that for a moment. So what does it mean to devote oneself? that to devote or to give devotion is to give of oneself. A sacrificial giving for the sake of something or someone. There are many things that we can be devoted to. There are many things that we might devote our time to be about. But what is it that they found themselves there doing? That as one commentator put it, is that they met daily, they cared daily, that they led others to faith in Jesus daily, they searched the Scriptures daily, they increased in number daily, that their Christian faith was a day-to-day reality, not simply just a weekly routine that they just kind of worked in. So what is it that we see? We see this group there was once filled of squabbling and quarrelsome disciples who fought with one another, who struggled with one another, who continued to try to one-up one another, that now they are united and now they are connected and now they are so focused. Why? Because they knew a message of forgiveness that was theirs. They knew that there was no more striving, no more stressing, no more worry, that there was gospel good news of Christ died and raised for them. Then why did they live in such a community with one another? It's that fact that they knew of just how much their Lord had forgiven them. Now, it didn't mean that they didn't have their problems. Don't worry, the true e-Hollywood story does come out in the very next chapter as deception and stealing and all sorts of other things take place. But though those situations happened, the church wasn't perfect, but the church was committed. The church was devoted. (laughs) The church was there gathered around Christ and Him crucified, and it was what changed them. That they found themselves devoted to the fellowship, it says. I mean, that's kind of a churchy term I've heard. I mean, how many times do you say to your non-Christian friends, hey, let's get together this Friday for some fellowship? That you probably don't use (laughs) that word that what is this word that we use, this fellowship that we talk about? And it's not also just like the snacks that we have after church. Is that that fellowship, that we have something in common, that we share something deeper there that God has given us. That God has blessed us in many ways, not just a matter of hanging out together, but He has given us that sharing of our time, of our stuff, of our life, of our very devotion to the one who was so devoted to us. But how well are we doing with that? And how well is our nation doing? So let us just remove even the whole question of faith and devotion to Jesus. How well is our culture doing with commitment, devoting itself to things that matter? Is that recently this week, one of our church leaders shared with me an email that he had seen out there, and I appreciated these stats. It shows just a little bit of how our changing values are within this nation. Is that it asked about five important values that it's been tracking for a number of years? Is that these five five values are that what do you consider valuable? Patriotism, religion, having children, community involvement, and having money. I find the last one kind of interesting. But between 1998 and today, how do you think that those five values have gone? People's commitment to these things. is That according to the Wall Street Journal, I think that it was, is that those who listed their commitment to patriotism as very important went from 70% in 1998 to 38% this year is that religion went from 62% down to 39%. Those having having a very important value of having children went from 59% down to 30%. Community involvement went from 47% up to 60%, but down to 27% this year. But now, how do you think that line is trending when it comes to that value of money? (laughs) How do you think that line is trending? Do you think it's a steep precipitous drop? No, that money continues to just kind of notch its way up. (laughs) that it's still not, indeed, over 50%, but it's been one that has continued to climb over the years of saying having money is very important to me i think it was something like 47 percent or something like that this year so the question i ask how well does our nation do with commitment see i like how kyle Eiderman kind of tries to describe this that there are three letters that strikes fear in many a young man's heart d t r so that if you don't know what DTR, it's that moment within that relationship that so many young men simply fear and worry about. Some of them end relationships before it comes to that point, or otherwise, they simply try to get out of it. Is that what are those three letters? The define, the relationship conversation. Then where's this going? Where are we at? Where's this heading? And what do we continue to see? There's many that not only are afraid of it, there are many that flee from it, but there are many that even when it comes to that place that maybe it's time to commit to it, are much more likely to say, "Eh, let's go a different route. Is that as I think it was put, let me see here, is that as it was put by Daniel Murphy in a satirical magazine entitled The Door, he suggests that couples living together should share these vows. Is that I, John, take you, Mary, to be my cohabitant, to share intimacy with and to share my bills as well. I'll be around while things are good, and I will probably won't be if things get tough. That if you should get a cold, I'll run to the drugstore and get you some medicine. But if you get sick to the point that you no longer meet my needs, then I'm probably out of here. That forsaking many others, I will give you more or less my faithfulness, as long as it feels good to me. But if we should break up, it doesn't mean that it wasn't special for me, that I commit to live with you as long as this works out. That's difficult. And yet many people approach not only Jesus, but approach his church the same way. That so I'm kind of into this as long as it's kind of meeting my needs. I'm kind of committed as long as there's not all of those other things that are going on. But what is it that we see here? That we see a church that is fully committed. I mean, just listen to the rest of the verse. There were many, not just like a couple. There were many that were selling all of their possessions and distributing to the poor. Now, I've heard of, like, you know, cults. I've heard of fanatical sects. I've heard of, you know, TV evangelists bilking people out of their life savings. But these are people who are voluntarily not being commanded or suggested or anything from the disciples or anyone else, but they are freely giving of everything and giving it away. How many takers do I have this morning? What would make them do something like that? What would make them, not just in the moment, and then be like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? But what would make them, even years later, say it was the best decision of my life? (laughs) That if a God could love me this much to give his son to die for me, (laughs) then he could take care of me in the rest of my life. (laughs) That if a God could love me so much to go to such far extents, then what is it to me to give myself to him in such a way. is if we find ourselves staring down this very text as one that reminds us of what it is that we devote ourselves to. We do not devote ourselves to a philosophy or a religion or simply just a, rules, a list of rules to follow. We devote ourselves to him, to him who was devoted to us. Who spared no expense, held back no love, gave everything and anything so that he might gain what? That he may gain us. With all of our blemishes, with all of our flaws, with all of our pains and all of our problems, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, he will not leave you. <laughs> that he is so devoted. You, completely committed, <laughs> fully bought in for your salvation. That I still love words of a song that became popular a number of years ago. That it repopularized and refamiliarized a hymn from all the way back in the nineteenth century. That it was a hymn entitled "Jesus Paid It All," not "Jesus Paid It Some." <laughs> But Jesus paid it all. That I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Because Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. That sin had left its crimson stain, and yet he washed it white as snow is that he can change the leper's spots and melt the heart of stone. And when before that throne I stand in him complete, is that Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. That, oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from Why do we devote ourselves to Him? Then why are we devoted to this church and this community and this world? Is it that idea that God continues to tell us, go and do and do and do? What does He call us to? Come and be in me. (laughs) Live in my salvation, my forgiveness, my grace, my love all of the rest shall follow as well Then may you this day give all honor and praise to him who gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus amen